Hello, my darlings. <laughs> Ew, that was weird. Welcome back to the Radiant Glow Up podcast. I feel like I want to tell you what's happened in my week this week. It's been a bit of a wild week. Literally, it's, it's feel, it feels like one of those weeks that's like 12 years long. Like so much has happened. I can't remember when I last did my podcast. I think it was over a week ago now. Over the last week, I've gone from like extremely high to extremely low into a situation I've never been in before. It's just been a bit wild. So literally this time last week, oh, I'm not going to go into detail because it involves other people, but basically I just had a breakdown, sobbing for like days on end. It was just a really difficult time and I had a lot of like hard decisions to make and a lot of hard things to think about. It's all okay now. I'm all right now. Don't you worry about me. But that really took its toll on me. Like my appetite went, my confidence went, my self-worth went, you know, everything was just at an all-time low. My Oh my God, I was so dehydrated. I can't even tell you. My skin was bad because I wasn't taking care of myself. Oh, it's just bloody awful basically. And then, oh shit, I can't remember if, did I restart my TikTok this week or did I start it again last week? This is what I mean. I can't remember. I have no concept of time. I have no idea. But regardless, oh no, it was like a week ago yesterday that that video came out. So it must have been over a week ago. Anyway, whatever. You don't care. Oh, literally the day before this kicked off and it all started, I made a video about my hair care routine before I go for a shower. I'm hesitant to call this a pre-wash because... <laughs> There seems to be a misunderstanding about what that means. I'll get into that. But yeah, I put oils in my hair, whatever, let them sit. I have a little process that I do and then I wash my hair the next day. I wash my hair once a week. I thought this was common. Apparently it's not. Everyone keeps telling me to shower, whatever. But that video was like, yeah, it was doing fine. Like, I don't get zero views, but, you know, I, I'll get like a couple hundred maybe less than that sometimes more than that you know but I was on the phone to my sister and my phone kept going off and I was like what the hell is this and I got I was getting like loads of TikTok notifications like blah 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 liked your photo what photo blah 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 liked your video and I was like oh, okay but I sort of like ignored it because you know I tend to get like a few likes maybe like 10 probably less than that sometimes so I didn't really pay any attention but it was paying off quite a lot and because I was on the phone I just ignored it and then it got to the point where I looked at my phone I went on my TikTok and it had just jumped up to like 2,000 views I was like shit I mean it doesn't sound like much but that was like a video doing incredibly well like that's the most views I've ever got on a video and it just hasn't stopped it literally hasn't stopped. I'm on something insane, like 360 something thousand views on that one video of me dumping oils in my disgusting hair. What the fuck? <laughs> so that's just basically taken up the majority of my week because the views haven't stopped, the comments haven't stopped, and yeah, I've just been making a shit ton of TikToks because like, ride the wave and all. I'm not going to stop. <laughs> so I started the week with 19 followers, 
I'm ending it with almost 1,200. Sorry? Who? What? Okay. (laughs) But what's really funny is that after what happened last Sunday and all my self-confidence went and all of that, as soon as that was resolved, I talked to so many people and I realised that I deserve to have the feelings that I have. You know, I'm stronger than I think. I deserve good in life. You know, I don't have to suffer, etc. That's when it happened. That's when my video like really took off. I'm not like actively practicing law of attraction, but I feel like that was a moment of as soon as you believe your worth, something will come to you. Like as soon as you truly believe your worth, something good will come to you. Now I can't be doing an entire podcast on this topic. Maybe I will some other time. I feel like I say that in every podcast, like, oh, I won't talk about this, I'll do it another time. And then when it comes to recording it, I have no idea what to talk about. Well, how about you listen to your old damn bad papa? How about you listen to your old damn podcasts and I'll tell you what to do? Because I have so many ideas that I say in each episode, but do I do them? No. Leading on from that, I didn't know what I was going to do this week. Obviously, like, my brain and everything has just been taken up by TikTok and all of that. So I literally just didn't even think about what I was going to do. And I really do want to commit to this podcast. So I was like, shit, what am I going to do? So I asked on Instagram, what do you want me to talk about? Has anyone got any ideas? I did have some ideas. And then this one popped up from Fitness and Flows. Love her. Uh, She said... I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was along the lines of, would you do a podcast on how to help people with depression? Because my mum, you know, doesn't know how to handle when my sister goes into a spiral. And I was like, that is genius. That's absolutely genius. Because it can be really hard for us as people with depression to communicate to people what we need. Because a lot of the time we don't know what we need either. And communicating can be really difficult while you're in a depression anyway. And then it's also incredibly hard for the people watching a loved one go through depression because you don't necessarily know what to do and you don't want to make anything worse. You don't want to trigger them and it can be really frustrating and it can just make it a lot worse. So that's what I'm going to do this week. I will preface this by saying that Everybody experiences depression very differently. This is only from my experience. I can only talk from my experience. If you're going to take any of this advice and apply it to any loved one with depression, do it with caution because something that helps me may trigger them. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Remember that it is just my experiences But hopefully this can help or you can relate to it or give you a bit of comfort. I don't know. I hope it gives you something. I also wanted to say that the fact that you're here listening to this podcast, I mean, there are some amazing people who listen to my podcast every week and I appreciate all of you so damn hard. But if there are people out there listening to this right now, because there's someone in your life that's struggling at the moment and you want to know how to help them, 
that dedication to helping your loved one is oh my god it's so important and they may not see it now but I feel like when they come out of it or just have a realization they will appreciate it so much it's really hard to not have your efforts and dedication to them appreciated but I know for me it's really easy to get in your own head and not realize how much people love you and how much they're willing to dedicate to help you until the clouds have been lifted you know so I would just keep that in mind and I absolutely love that you're here and that you're one of the lovely people who wants to help people out of a depression because it is really difficult for us so we I especially just really appreciate you so maybe I should start with sort of explaining a little bit about my depression and how I've experienced it I can't really pinpoint where and how it started as I mentioned last week I was in a really bad relationship for a long time and I probably had depression then mine's hereditary as well so I'm at like a disposition to have it but looking back honestly I don't really remember too much that's something I'm working on but I feel like some of the things I was going through were symptoms of depression and it was that relationship that triggered a lot of things that led me into a depression so that's kind of where it stems from as I said it's genetic as well and I was really struggling at uni with my degree so just a lot of stressful traumatic things happened to me and I think it led me into that depression so that's what triggered mine again depression isn't always necessarily something sad happening to you and you fall into a depression it can be definitely can be but it's not always what it is you know you can see people who look super happy on the outside but they're going into a depression for a completely different reason that you may not understand so understand that (laughs) For a long time I didn't actually realise I had depression in the first place. I had so many of the symptoms of it but it's not something I'd thought about. It's not something I'd read about. Like I knew depression existed but I'd never seen specific symptoms or what have you. So for a long time I assumed things about myself that weren't necessarily true or weren't They weren't caused by what I thought they were caused by. What I mean by that is, you know, I was crying every day. I felt horrific about myself every day. And the reasons I thought I was horrific and a shit person and wasn't going to do well is because of the situations I was in on my placements. And that made me feel really horrible about myself which obviously is true, like that did happen to me and that's how I felt. However, I think the element of having depression really exacerbated it, like it made it so much worse and it made it so much more intense and the depression just made it so that it was so difficult to get out of bed and go to this place where I felt like I was being judged all the time and 
It was just miserable for me. I would just have to drag myself out of bed to go somewhere that made me miserable. And again, the element of depression just made it that much harder for me. But I just all thought it was because of me. I thought it was because I was really terrible at being a teacher. And that caused people to have a negative opinion of me. And that's what made me sad. So I thought I was like causing my own sadness by being shit at being a teacher. Which wasn't true. I was an incredible teacher actually. But whatever, that's a different story. I just went so long without being diagnosed and without being medicated or being in therapy or counselling or anything like that. And I would just plod along in life, dragging my ass out of bed every day, going to school, coming home, doing the bare minimum and just passing out because I was so exhausted from life in general. I do remember. I remember it was Valentine's Day a few years ago. I went out to the co-op up the road to get Adam a rose and (laughs) and I decided because everyone was asleep I just went outside and I rang the GP and asked for an appointment to discuss my mental health. I didn't say like depression or anything like that I just said can I book an appointment I want to discuss my mental health. I don't really recall how bad it was before that I really don't remember and I wish I could so I could tell you. So to start things off I wanted to sort of talk in general about things that were really difficult for me. Like things I had to tackle every day having depression. I'm not going to talk about being diagnosed with depression because that causes a bit of debate and it's different everywhere and all of this. So I'm just going to say we skip that part. I'm diagnosed. What are some of the things that are troubling me and making my day-to-day life a bit more difficult. So communication, one of the most difficult things, just in general for me, whether I'm in a depression or not, communication is very difficult for me. I've been anxious my whole life and I was a really, really shy kid. All of this, people in my life didn't help that at all. So communication has just been something that's always been a bit difficult for me. Now add in depression where you don't feel like doing anything to take care of yourself and it just creates a bit of a shit show. Trying to make an appointment with the GP, making appointments for a hospital appointment or therapist or trying to set up a meeting with my uni, anything like that was basically impossible. Even trying to tell people on placement that I saw every day that I've had a diagnosis was just impossible. I didn't know how to bring it up and things I've brought up before I haven't had support with so I was just like nah fuck that I'm not gonna make myself vulnerable just to not have support. That's That was my mindset. So yeah just in general that's hard. So for me what would have helped is if I had someone in my corner who was able to help me communicate with the right people to get me help. It it is really difficult when you're an adult and you moved out and things because you don't want to get your mum to do it for you. But honestly, pride doesn't exist. (laughs) You can't let it stop you from getting the help that you need. It's really, it's a lot easier said than done because when you already feel like shit you don't want to feel like you're giving up or you're giving in or 
you don't want to feel more pathetic than you already do, basically. But honestly, for me personally, having Adam there to help me through these difficult things was the most helpful thing for me. So basically just having someone fighting in my corner to get help. It's it's so lovely when people are like, you know, I'm here if you ever want to talk. That's absolutely lovely. The fact that people are opening themselves up to have conversations is really helpful and so nice of people to offer. However, because the communication is so difficult, it's not helpful because you don't want to start the conversation. So, you know, they offer, you can talk anytime and then that's usually it. And then the responsibility of having the conversation falls on the person with depression. And having the responsibility on you when you're in a state like that can be really challenging and really overwhelming. And you never want to start the conversation because you don't want to feel like a burden. You're always thinking about what other people are going through and you don't want to make it worse. You don't want to put them in a bad mood. There's all of these things and it just means that you never start the conversation. Now, I'm not necessarily saying to pester people but what I am saying is that if you're close to them like if you live with them or you're really close friends with them if you know that they have depression or that they're struggling maybe try and offer practical ways to help them you know like have you signed up with a counsellor are you seeing anybody right now do you need help finding a counsellor You know, I know communication can be hard when you have depression. You know, would it be helpful if I was there with you when you made a GP's appointment or if I rang the GP on your behalf to book an appointment? You know, just really making it clear and obvious that you are there to fight in their corner and you want them to get the help that they need. And it's not about the principle of them doing it themselves. It's just, if your aim is to get them help, then help them get help. If they've communicated to you what they think that they may need, help them get it. If they think they may need some medication to get them through, help them get to the GP and get the medication that they need. Just just help (laughs) I don't know, I don't know how else to say it, you know, just be in their corner right next to them and really practically help them get the help that they need or get them to someone who can identify the help that they need. Another aspect of this is GPs don't necessarily know how to deal with mental health patients perfectly. Like some people I know have actually got the balls to go to a GP and the GP's just told them to have a bath and talk to their mates. And this is somebody with quite, you know, prominent mental health issues. And you can try and communicate as much as you possibly can and they'll still just pie you off. I've been pied off before. I almost had a mental breakdown in the middle of boots. I went to A&E And I said how I get like irrationally angry and I feel like it's uncontrollable and it's starting to affect my work, like my job. And he said, haha, customers are really annoying, aren't they? Bitch. (laughs) 
so it's, it's I think it's really easy when they're not in your head to really pie you off and when that happens if you've got depression and it's taken so much to be able to ring them in the first place and all they do is pie you off it's really invalidating for us to hear that you know at least for me it really feels like I'm making it up and it's not as bad as I think it is and people have it so much worse and when people tell you no you should go get help if you feel like shit go get help and you finally do go and get help and they make you feel like you are making it up this is a medical professional this is someone who should be able to diagnose you with problems and if they're not listening to you and pieing you off it just makes you believe it even more because you're like oh well the medical professional told me that I should just have a bath so it's clearly not as serious as I make it out to be and it just makes it worse and then when it doesn't get better after you've had your fucking bubble bath what do you do then it can be really difficult to then pluck up the courage a second time to ring the gp and fight for your own help so again another thing to really help the person is like if you're capable of not having an argument with the doctor necessarily but like sticking up for them basically you know like something's gone on and you're like shit this person really needs help and you're not helping can you please give them help and this is why then that would just be incredibly helpful when I was pied off I didn't really have not that I didn't have anyone to fight my corner but it wasn't worth fighting for because I got the medication I needed out of it and that really helped and I ended up finding my own counsellor but if there's someone who's desperate and you're willing to stick up for them please do please do they may disagree with you you know they don't want to cause any arguments or any disagreements and they'll truly believe the medical professional but if you really think that they need help and you can stick up for them then please do it as I said they may be resistant to it and they may even be a bit mad at you for it but if it means that they get the help that they need they'll probably be grateful to you in the long run. Again, I want to say that this may not work for everybody like it's worked for me. I think what I've said so far can be really helpful to a lot of people, but you really do want to make sure that you are listening to the person with depression and using your intuition to deal with the situation as well. That sounds really strange, but if you, you know, are doing something that I've said in this podcast and you can really tell it's not working, don't carry on just because I said that it helped me and I've got depression and so have they. Just use your common sense and use your intuition to figure out, you know, is this actually benefiting the person like I aimed for it to benefit them? I wanted to talk about how us as depressed people sort of respond to you as our loved ones, as the ones who are supporting us. Depression can make you really self-absorbed sometimes. And I mean this not in a horrible way, not in the narcissistic way, but in the way that we can't necessarily see what people are doing for us because our suffering can be so overpowering and 
completely take over our brains, you know, trying to hide it all, trying to function in life. It's literally all you're thinking about. Sometimes all you can think about is your own suffering and that can make you really self-absorbed in literally the worst way. You know, you feel so shit about life and you feel so shit about yourself and it's all you can think about is yourself, but in the worst way. It is really difficult for loved ones to sit there and watch, have their help rejected and see us not be ourselves. However, I promise you it is not personal. Anything we sort of do like that, the ways we respond, that's not ourselves. I promise you it's not personal to you. It's so difficult to not take it personally. I totally understand. But when we're in that headspace and we're depression self-absorbed, it is our depression talking. And we also don't think that we deserve your help. Honestly, I mean... Some people would go out of their way to help me or to talk to me and I used to just push people away because I didn't think I deserved the help and I didn't want to burden anybody and a lot of the time I didn't want to talk. Talking takes a lot of effort for me so if someone would start a conversation and I wouldn't be able to carry it on I'd feel so incredibly bad so I just wouldn't want people to start a conversation with me. I wanted to be ignored just so I didn't have the guilt of not continuing a conversation that was started with me. And I think it's really common with depression and other mental health illnesses where you do push people away for those reasons. You don't want to get people involved. You know, it's almost like we're pushing you away to save you from us. We don't want you to have to deal with us, put up with us, or have your mood brought down by ours. Our mental illness would just prefer to suffer alone and not take civilian casualties. With all that in mind, if you are able to, please stay with us. We may not appreciate you and what you're doing immediately, and you sort of supporting us and sticking by us isn't always going to be a quick fix, but when the time is right, it will mean the absolute world to us that you stuck it out And I realised that I really had true, solid people who wanted to see me succeed and really do love me so much. And when I had that realisation, my appreciation and love for these people grew tenfold. It just has to click sometimes. You know, you just have those moments where you look around and you realise, like, holy shit. Like, these people have really stuck by me through all of this. Everything that I've done... Everything that I've said, they've just stuck by my side because they want to see me live a life that I deserve to live. And it's amazing. It it does just make you appreciate them and love them so much more. So just know that through all the upset, the anger, the arguments and things, I really do think that so many people with depression have so much love and appreciation for the people who stick by them and help them but they don't know how to express it. They don't think they deserve it. They don't want to say thank you or anything like that because they don't want to acknowledge that they've had the support and they deserve it. That was a really strange way of saying that, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. So now on to some practical advice. Or practical, I'm going to call it anecdotal advice because it is just me saying what's worked for me. I'm not a professional, I'm not a counsellor or anything like that. I'm just telling my story. One 
I would say the major thing, and I think this can be common for people with mental health issues, and just people in general, really, you'll know what I mean when I talk about it. We don't like comments being made about something we're doing. Let me explain. I made, actually, I made a TikTok about this where, especially because we've been in lockdown, you know, we've been in joggers, like we haven't really dressed up or anything like that. So you decide to get dressed up for something, whether that's like just a random Sunday dinner or a birthday or just any day of the week, really. Then when you come downstairs to everybody, you're met with like, oh my God, she's not in pyjamas. Like, bloody hell, I didn't recognise you without your joggers on. Well, it's nice to see you in real clothes for once. And just all comments like that, they're really condescending and really bloody annoying. You know, you may think it's funny to say, oh, it's nice to see you in real clothes for once. Or things similar to that. Or like, nice to see you finally washed your hair. Or whatever, like, yeah, just any comments like that, you know what I'm saying. That is not funny. It's not funny. I don't know anybody who would take those comments and find them funny. Mental health issues or not. For me, it's so discouraging and so unhelpful. It really makes me feel judged and looked down on. And it makes me feel like what I was doing before is wrong. You know, you're in a situation where you're laying in bed and you can't pluck up the energy or the courage to even get dressed. You don't even want to do that for yourself. It's hard enough getting out of bed and brushing your damn teeth, let alone putting on a pair of jeans and a nice top, you know? So sometimes you're just you're just in joggers and a top, honestly. Sometimes you're even in your pyjamas. There's nothing wrong, especially in a lockdown, especially in your own home, to be in comfy clothes. If that takes some pressure off you and that takes another decision away from you, then just please do it. And if you're a parent, especially of somebody who is suffering in any way and they're in pyjamas all the time, please, I beg you to bite your tongue. Please just bite your tongue. I know it can be really irritating for you, but it doesn't affect you but it affects the person that you're living with. If they're in pyjamas all the time because they have extreme emotional discomfort in other areas, just let it go. Pyjamas aren't important. What they're dealing with emotionally and mentally is so much greater than their pride in how they look. Like, I don't give a fuck how I look. I'm really upset. I feel like shit about myself. There are so many things in life that are really bothering me. There are things crossing my boundaries. My energy's really low. I don't give a fuck what I look like. I'm trying. I'm putting all my energy into feeling somewhat normal. So to come into a space where people are judging you for what you're wearing is oh my god, it's the worst. And especially if you finally got the courage to wear quote unquote normal clothes. To then be met with all these comments is just, oh my god, it's the worst. Literally the worst. I feel like that's quite a universal experience, but I think where this may differ from person to person is what comments you do respond well to. Now, me personally, I respond well to the casual comment. So, for example, if I came downstairs dressed up, 
I would much prefer someone to comment on how they like my outfit rather than a comment that's directly about me making the effort. You know what I mean? So like, wow, you've dressed up versus I really like your outfit or you look really lush in that dress. That really suits you. So again, it's nothing specific. It's not mentioning their figure or picking anything in particular about them or their body. You're just saying that really suits you. Do you see do you see the difference? You're not attacking their character, you're not making comments about how their body looks, how their face looks, you're not comparing them to how they usually are and judging them. I mean you are technically judging them, you say they look nice, but you know, it's it's more commenting on the clothes rather than commenting on them as people. So like saying Oh, that's that's a really nice hairstyle. You're not judging their character. You're just saying their hair looks nice. Does that make sense? Again, this may not be the case for other people, but I would recommend trying it just to see how they respond to it. You know, if you're guilty of the, wow, you've dressed up for once, maybe try, if they come down, just being like, oh, that looks really nice on you, you know? Another thing I've just thought of is maybe ask them how they did their hair or their makeup. If you feel a bit awkward saying, oh, I really like your outfit or you can't think of anything, but you want to sort of acknowledge them in some way, just ask them, you know, like, oh, how did you do your hair like that? Or I like your eyeliner. What product did you use? Just like a general question. The only thing is I'd just be wary of the attention you're giving them because sometimes we don't want a lot of attention on us, as that can put a lot of pressure on us, you know, especially for me, because when I'm depressed, I I just want to be left alone, and I tend to hide away a lot, so being bombarded with questions can be quite overwhelming, and I feel like I'm under pressure to talk, otherwise I look fucking weird, but someone just taking an interest can be a really nice way of encouraging a little bit of a conversation and shows that you have a genuine interest in something that they've managed to do but just make sure you are testing the waters with that one because some people respond really well to a lot of questions because it means that they don't have the pressure of creating conversation and even for me sometimes I just desperately want somebody to start the conversation with me and basically carry the conversation because I want to I want to talk to people but I just don't know how and I just don't feel like I can sometimes so just sort of whatever the conversation is going to be test the waters if they're not really responding to the small conversations don't push it but make sure you still talk to them like they're human beings you know sometimes it is a difficult balance because you know, I would say you still want to treat them like them. They're still them. They just have mental illnesses that they're dealing with. So, you know, it's not a case of like actively ignoring them because they don't want to be spoken to. You can still try, but just try with small conversations, see how they respond. If they're responding well, then maybe ask them a question, you know, just again, use your common sense, use your intuition and just see what kind of mood they're in that day. Another way to possibly initiate conversation or bring up something or whatever, 
that's worked for me. If said person has previously opened up to you or has maybe let on that they're struggling or sort of hinting kind of, then maybe offer for them to come with you while you're running an errand or going for a walk or something. For me, this was just the perfect opportunity to have a conversation with somebody that I was comfortable with and also just be in a situation where you're one-to-one. That's kind of what you want. If they're obviously sort of comfortable with you, then sometimes being one-to-one, especially if you're in a family situation in lockdown, you're constantly around multiple people and it can be really difficult for us to bring things up in conversation because there's always other people around that we may not want to know about this or we may want to go into into more detail but we don't want you don't want it to be a group discussion you'd rather just talk one-on-one and that can be really difficult so if you're going out to the shops offer for them to come with you if you're going on a walk offer for them to come with you just to give them non-pressured ways to be one-on-one with you just in case they do want to open up to you they may say no and that's okay you can't force them to but I know for me sometimes I was really desperate to open up but there was never the opportunity to and when I was finally given the opportunity to I was really relieved because it wasn't forced I didn't have to say oh I really want to talk to you about something can we go into a different room on our own that's fucking intimidating so to naturally have that chance to be one-on-one and to open up is ideal for me anyway if you do get that one-on-one time with them I know it I know that it can be really difficult to not bring things up because you want to know you want to ask questions you want to know what's going on you want to know how they feel you know you're one-on-one with us as well so there are times where you just want to say so what's going on then what about this depression blah 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 but I would say to maybe let them lead the conversation because being taken somewhere and realising that the intention was to quiz us on our mental health is so intimidating and it can really feel like you've deceived us and tricked us into being alone with you so you can get your answers. Just normal conversation is fine. You know, it makes us feel normal, it makes the situation feel normal, it makes it feel natural and it can really make us feel comfortable and may lead into us opening up about something you may not get concrete answers or any sort of answers at all like people may not open up but feeling comfortable around you is the most helpful so I didn't necessarily open up to people straight away and you know I'd be on my own with them a couple of times and I just wouldn't have the guts to bring anything up or it may not have come up in conversation but Being able to have normal conversations with people around me made it so much easier when it came time to open up because it wasn't like we went from no conversation or awkward conversation to all of a sudden making ourselves vulnerable and opening up. It was like we talk fairly often about normal things, I'm really comfortable with starting conversations with you and I'm really comfortable continuing conversations with you and it can feel a lot more natural to then bring up things that are happening in my life 
that I may want to share and may be helpful in you then helping me get help or taking the conversation further or anything like that. Again, with literally everything I've talked about, please, please test the waters with it. Don't force anything because then that can backfire. That can insanely backfire. Like I know if I was forced to talk about something I wasn't ready to talk about, then I I wouldn't want to open up. Like that would close me off so much more. So be wary be really mindful about how they're talking to you, you know, like their body language, are they looking at you, is their body language quite open, do they look quite closed off, do they look concerned, are they sounding upset, are they giving one word answers, you know, all these things just keep keep in mind, you know, like if they're giving sort of one word answers and not really responding to you, then don't push it because they're obviously they're not ready to open up just yet. I think this goes without saying, but I feel like I should say it anyway, just in case. My depression was never suicidal. I really struggled with it and it doesn't make my struggle any less because I wasn't suicidal. However, if you were in the situation where somebody is suicidal, is hurting themselves, sometimes you need to intervene to make sure that they are safe. They may, I don't really want to say it like this, but they may not like it and you may go through a period where they don't want to open up to you anymore because they feel like they can't trust you because you called the hospital on them or whatever the case is, but your priority is to keep them safe. And if they're safe, then you can sort of be more cautious about things and you can try the different things I've been talking about but please please be aware if they are suicidal or if they are hurting themselves I don't have any experience with this so I don't know how to tell you the warning signs or anything like that I'm sure there are plenty of resources all over the internet that can get you more insight into this I'm not the one to give it to you if you're the one struggling with depression in this situation this part's for you I really want to say that it does get better. That's a massive cliche and I know that just me saying it isn't going to help you believe it any more than you do already but I've been through it and I've got through the other side. I've been through some horrendous situations and it really can get better. Your suffering can seem so unbearable and like there's not light at the end of the tunnel but there always, always is. There always is. You just have to believe it enough to get through it and you'll see the results. You will. You'll see the results of your perseverance and making that phone call, getting that counsellor, doing whatever you've done to get the help that you need to feel better. All of that pain and suffering and hardship will just be worth it because you'll live a life one day that'll be the life that you've always deserved to live but unfortunately you didn't get to previously but you will you you just will one of my brilliant amazing intelligent eloquent friends jenny 
messaged me the other day when we were talking about the podcast and she said that she saw a quote the other day that was like, life is about finding the good bits within the shit bits. Something like that. And it's so true. Depression isn't linear. You may think it has to be. You know, like if you're going through shit things, you think it's going to be shit forever. Or when you're going through good bits, when it gets shit again, you think it's going to be shit. You know, like any good things get tainted by just knowing that things are going to get shit again. It's really easy to get into that mindset. But actually, life is just about enjoying the good things between the bad. No, depression doesn't always just go away. But sometimes it can overtake and you miss the good bits because you assume they're going to turn into bad bits. Not my biggest advice, but just advice is celebrate the good bit or even just become familiar with the good bits. Think, this is a really good bit. This is a good part of life. I feel okay. And that can that doesn't even have to be monumental. It can be just... You got out of bed and brushed your teeth. That's a good bit. Because the rest of the time you don't brush your teeth or you don't feel like you can brush your teeth. So when you have a day when it feels easier to get up and brush your teeth, soak that moment in. You will get more moments like that and they'll become more frequent. You know, whenever you get dressed up and you feel really good about yourself, Just because you feel bad about yourself at other points doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel good about yourself. You are. And, you know, again, with the teeth brushing, just because everybody brushes their teeth twice a day doesn't mean that you're not allowed to celebrate the fact that you managed to get out of bed and brush your teeth that day. If you made it out the house, don't feel guilty that you didn't go out of the house the last or the other 364 days. You made it out the house for one of the days. You could have made it outside for none of the days, but you actually did make it outside. And that's an improvement on zero. One is an improvement on zero. So is two, three, four, five, etc. The more you become familiar with the good days and the good parts of your day, I feel like the more frequent they will become. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to have those good days either. The more pressure you put on yourself, like, oh, I had a good day yesterday, so I'm going to have a good one today. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have to get out of bed, otherwise you're not going to have a good day like yesterday, and you're going to fall into a depression again, etc, etc. The le- the more likely it is that you're not going to have a good day, because you're putting too much pressure on yourself to have those good days. Or they become just riddled with guilt. You know, like today, I haven't drunk any water today. The worse I feel about that, the less likely I am to want to get up and go fill up my water bottle because I already feel like shit about it, so I'm less likely to do it. But if I think, oh, I haven't really had any water today, no pressure, but if I feel thirsty, I'm going to go get some water. It's about making sure that your language to yourself is as kind as possible. You know, you're not trying to be condescending to yourself, but just talk to yourself a bit kinder, or even just neutral. Neutral is fine. You don't have to go above and beyond with, like, affirmations and stuff, 
but just try and talk to yourself a bit more neutrally. Again, I keep bringing up the teeth brushing thing, but you know, you're brushing your teeth and I know for me, I'm thinking, I'm brushing my teeth. This is serving me. This is good for me. Not being like, wow, I'm so proud of you for brushing your teeth. You're doing amazingly. Wow, keep this up kind of talk. I don't really fuck with that, to be quite honest. It doesn't work for everybody. It works for some people, but just neutrally, like, brushing my teeth is making my teeth clean. My breath's going to be better. I'm going to feel less crap about myself. That's good. That's, That's plenty. That's enough. It's a good start. So all in all... Throughout my entire ramble, for my people with depression, if you can't fuck with the affirmations and all of that, and all you can do is the bare minimum, that is perfectly fine. Talking to yourself in a neutral tone is fine. If you're making improvements, however tiny or insignificant they are to other people, it doesn't matter. This is you, this is your progress, these are your feelings. You have the right to process them in the way that you need to process them to get better. And it's okay to have good days, bad days, good days, bad days, whatever. You just need to live for the good bits and work on making yourself stronger for the bad bits. And finally, for my people who are the loved ones of people with depression, again, I'll say the same thing. It does get better. It really does. It will get better eventually. I can't tell you how long it's going to take or how hard it's going to be, but it will get better. It may not get 100% better, but any progress is good progress. Don't get hung up on yourself for not being able to magically fix their problems in their brain. You're not a mind reader. You're not in there. You don't know exactly how to help them. But sticking by them and trying to identify and trying different things to help them will help them. And they really do appreciate you and love you so much. They're just not able to express that to you right now. And I know it hurts so much And you can be offended, but I urge you not to take it personally and especially not to take it out on them because they're struggling so much. They're not themselves. I feel like a lot of the time it's their mental illness talking and they don't actually mean it. You will get that person back. If you're able to help them, you'll get that person back. And I know for me, when I had the realisation how much people had stuck with me and how much they believed in me to get better. It just made my appreciation and love for them grow so incredibly much. And I feel like my relationships with all my loved ones are so much stronger now because I knew that they loved me for me. They loved me throughout my depression and they wanted me to get better so bad because they care about me so much. You know, they cared about me when I didn't care for me. And now that I'm a lot better with it I can so clearly see that and I just put all my energy and love into them because they were the ones who proved that they were there for me so I promise you that love and appreciation is there somewhere and if you're able to stick around 
please do. Please, please do. Because we always need someone to fight our corner for us and be there for us. Honestly, that was very vulnerable for me. It was very different to content that I've made in the past. And I hope it gives some insight and some of it is helpful. I may be talking out my ass to some of you and some of it may not be relevant, but it feels really good to get that out there because it's one of those things that I found really hard to communicate. I find it really hard to communicate what I need and what I want. So even doing this to my phone, to all of you, has really actually been helpful for me. So I hope that it can give you hope to get better or that your loved one will improve and get better one day. And if you can relate to me, I'm not happy that you've gone through it, but it is good to know that there are people out there who have gone through things that I have as well and that we can both be here in this space and help each other. Yeah, I want to help each other. I want to help everyone. (laughs) Thank you so, so much for being here with me. Thank you for letting me take up space in your day. Thank you for choosing me to take up some space in your day. You know, you don't even really know me, but just listening to my podcast really helps. You know, doing this podcast gives me something to focus on, lets me put my energy into something, motivates me to do something with my day. Creating content on TikTok is the same. So if you've checked out my TikTok, followed me, liked any of my videos and commented, oh my God, I appreciate that more than you know. I can't remember the last time I had this drive to create something and the fact that I'm getting a response out of it just, it just motivates me so much to keep going and that really helps me with my depression. So as much as I'm helping you, you're helping me tenfold. So thank you so much for letting me be here and for giving me something to help during this pandemic. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I really hope that you'll come back next week. I'll have more content for you. Next week, I'm going to be reading out some of my stupid TikTok comments. So it'll be a bit more lighthearted and a bit more fun. And I know I'm looking forward to it because I've had some dumb, dumb ass people in my comments. So hopefully I see you next week. Bye.